you know what time it is? Tool time? Is it tool time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he just comes in and says, "What time it is?" Would, would he know what that is? Uh, He's old timey announcer. That was the '90s. He's been around the whole time, so maybe he maybe. watched some ABC sitcoms in the 1900s. <laughs> the 19, yeah. It, oh man, that sounds weird to say, but it's true. I say it all the time when something happened in the '90s, like back in the 1900s, kids. <laughs> They're like, "What? 1905? No, no. 1999. <laughs> yeah, That's... isn't it? It's crazy to think that we're almost at the 2020s already." Uh, Holy for Yeah, this is where we are. Hey. But you know where else we are? We're in season two. Season two? Of, of Talkin' Talkies. This is the season premiere. Which is great, because last week was the season finale. Season premiere. Yes, and uh, this week we're reviewing the longest title of a movie that we'll probably ever review. I don't know, maybe. How to Survive in South Central Drinking your juice in the hood or whatever the hell that is. It's the only other long movie title I can think of. And I would automatically veto that because that's not my type of movie. So the name of this movie is Dr. Strangelove, which is the short title. But the full title, Dan. Oh, it's Dr. Strangelove or Buried. Or Buried. Or. Or. (laughs) It's Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Indeed. Uh, very long title for this movie. This came out in 1964. It's a black comedy. It's a, also a black and white comedy. I don't remember seeing any black people. James Earl Jones is in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he's is. not black. He's clear. <laughs> he is decisively black. So uh, we're going to go back and talk about the uh, United States Air Force and how they basically bombed Russia, which is what the premise of this movie is. This movie is a comedy of errors. It really is a comedy of errors. So General Jack D. Ripper, which is an awesome name for a general, General Ripper. Jack Jack D. Ripper. <laughs> Jack D. Ripper. He's played by Sterling Hayden. He's the commander of the uh, Burpleson Air Force Base. And they house the Strategic Air Command 843rd Bomb Wing. They're equipped with B-52 bombers. And the 843rd is currently in flight on airborne alert a few hours from the Soviet border. And thank you to Wikipedia for helping me out because this was not going to be the easiest movie to describe. <clears throat> so spe- Specific facts in there that you're just like, no, it was just a thing Yeah, with the stuff. So, uh, General Ripper orders his executive officer, Group Captain Lionel Mandrake, this is Peter Sellers' character. Uh, uh, one of Peter Sellers' characters. One of Peter Sellers' characters. He'll be back twice. Of the UK Royal Air Force to put the base on alert. He He's also looking s- very uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart in this movie as this <laughs> character. Yeah. He issues Wing Attack Plan R to the patrolling aircraft. One of which is commanded by Major T.J. King Kong, and this, of course, is played by Slim Pickens, yeah. which is just an awesome gimmick name. Of all the, now all the aircraft commence an attack on Russia. They set their radios to allow communication only through this uh, specific channel. Yeah, yeah, this one channel. And it's programmed to only accept communications preceded by 
a secret three-letter code known only to General Ripper. So basically what he did was he ordered an attack and then made it As so that— He ordered a retaliatory attack without actual a first attack. <laughs> well, yes, it's a retaliation that isn't retaliating for anything. So Mandrake is like, uh, no war order has been issued by the Pentagon, so he goes to stop Ripper, but he's got them locked out of his office. So he's like, uh, well, the Soviets have been using uh, flor- fluoridation of the United States water supplies to pollute to pollute their precious bodily fluids of Americans. That's when Mandrake is like, all right, this guy's cray cray. This guy is uh, this guy's got some problems here. So we go to the Pentagon, the Pentagon, sorry, and we have the president, played by Peter Sellers. And General Buck Turgeson, played by none other than George C. Scott, which is a great role for him, because he just looks and sounds like an aggravated general. Of course. So, so they're in the war room, but we're not allowed to fight in the war room. <clears throat> not allowed to fight in the war room. And they have this big, this big argument in, over all these actions, because he's like, uh, you can't do this without me saying so. And he's like, yeah, but uh, Plan R says a senior officer can do this. Because the idea is that if we are hit and the president dies, there's a way for us to retaliate without needing the president signing off on it. Right. Because he'd be dead. Which he's very much alive at this point. So he's like, we're going to try every possible three-letter code, but there's like 17,000 of them. So that could take about two days, all right? And one of the planes going to hit? Uh, about 30 minutes. <laughs> so that might be a problem. So he basically says, all right, screw this. We're going to get General Ripper arrested. But Turgeson's like, well, you let the attack continue, and we'll use the element of surprise to annihilate the Soviet military altogether before they can strike back. And he's like, um, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to be the first in a nuclear strike. So they bring in Peter Bull's character. He's the Soviet ambassador. His name's Alexia. And he's like, why don't you call Dmitry? And I know his name is Dmitry because they say it about 500 times. Five hundred times. Warn him of the attacks. But he's drunk. He's quite drunk. I think Dimitri's drunk. That and now he learns. Oh well, we have a doomsday device. Okay, it's going to go off automatically if they are attacked. Yes. Well, is this going to set it off? That could be a problem. And now we're introduced to Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> yep, Doctor Strangelove, who is played by. Who Peter else? Sellers. Peter Sellers. <laughs> Peter Sellers has three characters in this movie. And the best part is, you really can't tell the difference between all three of them. He does such a good job with it. Because, you know, he's his first character is just... <clears throat> his first, yeah, his, the first character is just a straight-up president. You know, the straight-laced president. Then he's got the German... The German wheelchair-bound Doctor Strange Love, who is insanely strange, and then he's got his uh, his uh, group captain, who's uh, he's got the uh, the sweet ass Simon Gotch mustache going on. 
so he they do a really good job disguising Sellers as three different characters. So yeah, so we're worried about this is going to set off this doomsday device, which basically it's going to launch a whole bunch of bombs. And just blow up the entire planet. It pretty much just kills Actually, everything. no, it's going to go off into the atmosphere, right? And it would yeah. put the planet in a nuclear winter for instead of like five, ten years for like 94 years instead. Yeah, which would basically wipe out everything. Oh. And it cannot be dismantled or even untriggered. So what they come up with is they're going to get the local army base to attack the general's air force base while they coordinate with the Russian air force and the American air force to shut to shoot down the planes that are carrying the bombs into Russia. <laughs> oh, and I also like how uh, Dr. Strangelove is a former Nazi and he's talking about how, oh, we were going to reveal all this stuff. On the, it was like the Fuhrer's birthday or something. And he says, and I, "Oh, like the, the the most important part of having a a uh, catch-all weapon that will destroy the Earth is to let everybody know about it. So why didn't you tell anybody?" And the Russian guy's like, "We were going to do it on Monday." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also love that whenever Doctor Strangelove addresses the president, he calls him "Mein Fuhrer," and he actually like correct himself. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Mr. President. So, uh, the General Ripper still got his thing sealed, and now we've got this huge battle happening, and of course, <laughs> all his boys just surrender. Oh, it's nuts. And then he has, like, the machine gun, and he gets Mandrake to feed him the, the belt of, of bullets. <laughs> yes. As he's telling him more about bodily fluids. <laughs> Uh, a colonel breaks through to arrest him, but uh, Ripper has killed himself, or has he? Did they actually identify what happened there? I think he went into the bathroom and shot himself and then blocked, blocked the door and shot himself. Yeah, but he's he's acting like it couldn't have been him because he was shaving at the time. So it's like he tried to make it look like he got murdered, kind of, sort of? Perhaps. Yes. Well, this but is why a- Mandrake puts together that peace on Earth and preservation of body of fluid and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And he comes up with, oh, there's, here's two possibilities for the code. I need to call the president. <laughs> and I get some more funny stuff because he go he finally gets to a payphone and he doesn't have the proper change <laughs> to call the president. And he's like, what about a collect call? And like they <laughs> they said no. <laughs> So they have to shoot out the soda machine and steal the change. And the guy's like, if you don't get a hold of the president, I'm going to report you to the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> Coca-Cola's problem now. <laughs> so, meanwhile, the Russians have intercepted all the planes. They've got them all down. and They shot, shot down three, and a fourth they hit, but they don't know about but it. But they don't know what they shot down. And, and that's, uh, and of course, that's, that's Slim Pickens. That's the one with Slim Pickens. and Yeah. They, uh, they're flying below the radar line the whole time. But they got hit in their fuel line, so they're losing fuel. So we basically got to do this thing. You know what I love about the uh, the flying scenes? It, it's because, again, this was 1964, so they were making do with what they had. But it's so funny, the transition from the obvious blue screening 
and then the actual footage where it, it's kind of seamless. Like you, you can tell the difference now that you're reviewing it in 2016, but back in 1964, that was actually a pretty cool effect. It's still pretty good. Oh yeah. For like for, for the 1960s, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, it's something that a lot of other films certainly could have learned their lesson with. For example, the Roger Moore James Bond films, which have horrible green screening effects at times. Yeah. I remember because <laughs> you know, I was watching like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies to prepare for the upcoming Jersey Rain special. And in the second movie on the, with the Kraken stuff, it was so fucking fake. Yeah. Oh, it's so fake. Isn't that, isn't that so frustrating when you watch something from, like, the, it's the last only 10 like, years? It's only, like, like 2006, is- I think. And I'm like, this is so fake. Oh, my God. This looks so bad. Meanwhile, Independence Day looks pretty decent still. The aliens and stuff look pretty decent. Yeah, there, there's some stuff that I think is held up really well. Um, and then there's some stuff that you look back and you're like, ugh, come on. Like, even you watch Empire Strikes Back and you watch how they did the Battle of Hoth, and you're like, you know what? Like, you can see how it's dated now, but it still looks good. Because it was watch. mostly in miniature and stuff. Yeah. That's that's what you get, you end up with is, is practical effects. Even though they look cheesy, they still look real. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's not like going back and watching King Kong from 1933. Where you're like, all right, that's obvious that that's a puppet. <laughs> that's obvious that that's not a puppet. Yeah. Well, and then you watch King Kong from like the 1970s with Jeff Bridges, and you're like, this looks worse <laughs> than the one from 1933. Like, what were they? Were they even trying with this? I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, the the effects I think looked really good. I mean, there's one very obvious green screen effect that's too obvious but it's the funniest scene in the whole movie so you're not even paying attention to it so uh they're like hey we got them we the the code worked they all went away or they got shot down and then they're like uh no we only shot down three planes and there's four planes oh no where is it we can't see it on the radar and they're like oh and then back into the plane they're like we don't have enough fuel to hit either of our targets well somebody else's target then okay <laughs> so, like, now they realize that there's a plane left, and the president and everybody's like, well, put all your fighters to the places they're supposed to be. You'll, you'll get them for sure. Well, they're not going there anymore. Oh, well, that could be a problem. Welp. But there's almost like that moment where you're like, oh, it's it's okay. Nothing's going to happen because the door gets jammed. <laughs> nope. Slim Pickens is like, nope, I got this. Don't you know, like, the, one of the three things most people know about this movie? It ends with Slim Pickens riding the bomb down like a cowboy. <laughs> Which is the funniest scene in the whole movie. <laughs> as he as he just hollers. Like, like I said, it's the obvious green screen effect, but it's so funny that you're not paying He yells at people that he hired them for laying rail and not dancing around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. That <laughs> I love... Dr. Strangelove's plan he's like alright well here's what we'll do get several hundred thousand people to live in these deep mine shafts make it make sure it's a 10 to 1 female to male ratio so we can have a breeding population and it'll be really tough for the men but they're gonna have to do it for the future of the human race <laughs> and because of that we have to make sure all the women are super hot <laughs> yes. like the Soviets will do the same 
What about a mine shaft, Gaff? <laughs> That's what Doctor Strangelove stands up. Oh, my Fjord! It's, it's a I miracle can, I can, I walk. can walk. <laughs> and I love how this the movie ends with uh, Verilin's "We'll Meet Again" and is showing all the nuclear explosions going off around the world. Oh my God! So this, of course, was Doctor Strangelove. Um, or, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Thebomb.com. So here's some fun facts about Dr. Strangelove, or those things we just said. Uh, Peter Sellers actually improvised most of his lines. I would. I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all by that. He was also paid $1 million for the role, which was 55% of the film's budget. But Stanley Kubrick said, I got three for the price of six. Uh, the film actually led to changes in policy to ensure that the events depicted could never really occur in real life. Which starts with with that little note saying that <laughs> this didn't happen. That this, this won't happen. This shouldn't happen. This should never happen. So they were shooting aerial footage over Greenland, and the second unit camera crew accidentally filmed a secret U.S. military base, so their plane was forced down and the crew was suspected of being Soviet spies. Good job there. Uh, The scene where General Turgeson trips and falls in the war room and gets back up, as if nothing happened, really was an accident. Stanley Kubrick mistakenly thought that it was George C. Scott really in character, so he left it in the movie. Which was a funny scene, so I'm glad he did that. (laughs) Uh, You can't tell, because it's a black and white movie, but Stanley Kubrick wanted the tablecloth in the war room to be green, so the actors would feel like they were really playing a game of poker over the world's fate. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The original line from Major Kong about how a fella could have a pretty good weekend in Dallas with all that stuff um, that was overdubbed as being Vegas because of John F. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas. You can see that Kong says the word Dallas, but it's clearly not Dallas. I believe it. So a couple of cool little facts about Dr. Strangelove or a really long title. So, uh, I I will admit that I probably don't like this movie as much as other people did, and I'm sure there'll be some flack for that, but you know what? You're not going to love everything that you watch. Um, I wouldn't say that I dismiss it like, say, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which we watch, and we're kind of like, all right, that's a movie we saw, but I can't really see myself watching this movie over and over again. But I do want to thank a listener, Ellis Holmes, regular of the Club Cafe podcast and Jersey Rain, for He's his just suggestion. on that show. He was indeed. Now, next week, we're going to be reviewing Scarface. That is, of course, the Al Pacino version of Scarface. And we're doing this for our listener pal, Jan Batista. Why? Because his birthday just passed. And he, his suggestion was, hey, can you guys do this for my birthday? Well, we already had Dr. Strangelove booked for Jan's actual birthday, which would have been the 8th. So, because we already gotten that suggestion. So we pushed it back a week. And Jan Batista, we're going to review Scarface just for you. 
So, guys, as we always say, we welcome all of our suggestions. Nobody else. Nobody else can listen to that episode next week. (laughs) Yes, only Jan can listen to it. (laughs) Um, If your birthday is coming up and you've got a suggestion for what we can watch... It's probably already know. booked, so... It, it probably is already booked, but you can try anyway. Uh, my wife actually booked a movie for us to watch in April. That we'll I, got, get I actually booked a movie for my birthday this year. Cause yes, because no you didn't get last year. And I'm going to miss my birthday this year because we got a plan for that. Ha-ha! Maybe That's next a- year we'll both get our birthdays, or neither of us will. Or neither will get our birthdays. <laughs> already planning 2017. Yeah, jeez. We just started Season 2. Season 2! Season two of Talkin' Talkies. So, as we said, January is booked. We are with all fan suggestions. February is booked for the second annual and also final Mel Brooksuary. But we still got some room coming up in March. So if y'all got a suggestion, submit it to us. And if we like the suggestion, we'll do it. And if we don't, we'll be like, nope. We won't even tell you. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. happen. Yes. But, uh, yes, thank you all for tuning in to an awesome season one. I'm going to try to get all of our past episodes up on YouTube, including our insanely popular Star Wars episode that f- caused us some bandwidth issues. But uh, I had to get removed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm working on a program to shorten the uh, – to uh, help convert these into videos so I can put them on YouTube. And once we have that launched, we'll let you guys know, and you can watch all of season one of Talking Talkies anytime. And by watch, you look at a picture of probably the movie poster. <laughs> probably the movie poster and the time. listen to our voices. But still, <laughs> you can download stuff off of, off of YouTube, so you can always have access to our collection. Thank you again to Giant Media Ball. For continuing to support us as well as Podcasts of Pennsylvania. We owe you guys a lot. And if you have a podcast and you want to become an ally of Talking Talkies and be part of the Club Cafe podcast family, which consists of the Club Cafe podcast, Talking Talkies, Jersey Rain, and the now dormant, but still could be somewhat active again, Pie Crust, let us know. We'll be happy to include your show in our lineup. That's going to do it for the season premiere. My name is Chris O'Mealy. This here is Dan Peck. Season premiere. Premiere, indeed. And we'll see you next week for Scarface. He's got a scar on his face. Not really. Nope. Spoilers. <laughs>